You are now listening to The Junk and Jam Hour, a live talk radio broadcast, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. And now for your on-air host, Christopher Albert. Hello there, everyone. Happy Monday to you all. We hope you had a, a great weekend. Of course, you are listening to The Junk and Jam Hour. I am your host, Christopher Albert. Uh, we are brought to you. On Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is the nonprofit community organization, a free form internet radio station streaming original content by New York City artists, broadcasters, DJs, you name it, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Of course, it is Radio Free Brooklyn's goal to empower and amplify the otherwise unheard voices within our communities. On the Junk and Jam Hour, it is my objective to share and highlight the artistic and creative journeys behind the impressive projects and contributions of some of today's most talented, groundbreaking artists, entrepreneurs, and professionals of all kinds, all of whom who are dedicated to bringing you at home joy. So I will do my best in this hour to bring joy to them. Now, my very special guests today are the definition of enduring professional musicians dedicated not just to the craft of producing, composing, and performing music, but steadfast in their pursuit to creating music that is undeniably timeless and inspiring. The quartet, known for their stunning songcraft and dazzling energy on and off stage, are comprised of all singers, musicians, and producers, all skilled and successful in their own musicianship, yet have the often overlooked valuable ability to seamlessly work in partnership to concoct tunes and melodies that encompasses each and every one of their gifts. In fact, the group's harmonious and collaborative songwriting style, artistic connection, and collective years of experience is part of what makes this band a standout. That's because even while they are still expanding on their band's shared success, they continue to remain at the helm of their own musical enterprises, including within the international success of pop rock band MIGS, the eternal ska punk legacy that is the mighty, mighty boss tones, and the progressively in demand and defiantly cool hip hop and party pop duo Floyd Wonder, ever the inventors of ingenious entertainment. They all also write and produce for film and TV and other esteemed artists alike. Since their critically acclaimed full-length debut 2018's The Queen and the Outcast and follow-up EP Princess Turn to Thieves 2020 found them all connecting their sound back to their original music goals which of course was making records for the teenage versions of themselves recapturing and redefining their musical gifts that continue to explore their raw musicality with a sense of wonder and pure curiosity isn't that what we're all trying to do they may no longer be teenagers but they still have the same passion energy and drive as any adolescent dreaming of a career in music today it's arena sized rock and roll done by the best bar band you have ever heard of course guys love is messy life is messy and if you dig deep and really get past all of its bullshit you'll see that life is beautiful and weird and scary and sweet complex and simple or as they would call it a whole 
damn mess. As crazy as the world may be right now, this moment totally calls for their undeniable energy. Please help me welcome the songwriters, producers, singers, and musicians of rock band Whole Damn Mess, Mr. Don Miggs, C. Todd Nielsen, Lawrence Katz, and Greg Hansen. Hello, gentlemen. Could you say something nice about us? We We tried. We we dug deep. Oh my gosh. Hi, thank you. Uh, The honor is all mine. I can't even breathe after that. I wish I were half as cool as you just made us. Oh, (laughs) well, we didn't make any of that up. Well, let's start here. Um, Well, we'll start with uh, Greg. Why not? Greg, I know you are, uh, I believe, the latest, newest member, yes? Yeah, newest. Last, newest. Last to the party. <laughs> Fashionably late. It wouldn't be what it is without you. Uh, producer, songwriter, guitarist. You are also from, uh, like Don, from, you are from Bayshore, Long Island. Long Island, let's go. Now, Absolutely. correct me if I'm wrong, your venture in music began because you remember your mom having a guitar handy, an acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, music was always just kind of around. Uh, and yeah, my mom did have this old, like, I think she actually bought it at Macy's when like Macy's was still a thing yeah, yeah. and they had like, yeah, like a Fender acoustic thing with like four strings on it in the corner of the living room. And yeah, it was just like, that thing's cool. Yeah. And would just like go mess around on it and had no idea what I was doing. But um, now you say that you weren't exactly from an artistically encouraging you know like go be an artist you weren't from that environment but as a child you would just sneak into concerts yeah absolutely not uh yeah we're we're from long island like more pragmatic normal yeah like suburb like i feel like we invented the suburbs like everybody's like working jobs and my summers were spent you know like on like roofing and like just doing like everybody's just doing like the quote-unquote normal thing so like yeah when you pull up with a guitar and you're like yeah i think i want to like make music they're like, <laughs> like no like absolutely not doesn't make any sense does not equate so you were um, no one was sending you off to school but eventually youtube happened uh yeah youtube was a great thing i guess just because uh tutorials it, yeah it wasn't even tutorials it was just the fact that you could go like watch Mm -hmm. like a video like an old i don't know like an allman brothers video and you could pause it and you could see where dwayne allman's fingers were and you were like oh okay cool and like you know i kind of taught myself kind of that way um that pretty much makes you a student of music (laughs) i i guess yeah thank thank you youtube um, C. Todd. Yes, sir. <laughs> Nielsen, uh, you have a whole new family. We'll talk about that. Now, if I you're... have to run, it's because I'm on solo baby duty. Oh. So, um, <laughs> we love so, that. Right now, she's asleep. Um, Technically, she's the newest member. She's of the, the newest member. Exactly. Uh, you picked up the guitar in high school. I did. I did the whole uh, sad boy um you know write songs to pick up girls and uh love it that kind of thing acoustic guitar it was in the grunge era so like pearl Ah. jam and Nirvana and those kind of bands i was just like you know oh life is hard as a teenager and then you you know yeah strum out the feelings yeah 
Oh, they're getting an early start. Um, were you inspired specifically by anyone in your life at the time, or this was just your own endeavors? I mean, I would say, yeah. I mean, it was it also wasn't in my family. You know, yeah. my dad's in marketing, and my mom's a was a preschool teacher, so it was very much like of the era and the music that kind of came out. Yeah, in 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 the nineties, and it's just I just kind of loved it. Wanted to find something outside of. I was really into sports, so I just wanted to find something outside of that that sort yeah. of like encouraged the creative side of my. Well, like you could also pick life. up chicks. Yeah, and to also pick and up. Chicks. Let's be honest. <laughs> now, Lawrence, you're from Atlanta. Indeed. Uh, we got a visit out there sometime. You um, were initially. I know you grew up in terms of music that your older brother, your oldest brother, had uh, a really rad record collection. It's a similar story to Greg and Todd. That you, you picked have up to that guitar. <laughs> and where you actually put a needle on a vinyl record to learn yes. those. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that how you learned to play? You were just duplicating the sounds? Well, sure. Replicating how, it from I your mean, ear? That's, that, that's how it was done. Yeah. yeah. And then other kids playing guitar, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. Guitar lessons. Learning those um, chords. But yeah, I mean, you learn songs by, you know, I mean, I'd sit next to the radio with a cassette player to record yes. the song and then learn the song off the cassette. Yeah. I, I remember you used to have to put one in deck A and then record on deck B side. And then hopefully it was picking up the vinyl on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, had a few um, struggles there with inputs and outputs at the time when I was younger. So, so... That's amazing. And, and you eventually went on to study at Berkeley. I did indeed. Yeah. Um, to become a, a, a musician. That's true. <laughs> Make it official because a, a college degree makes you a better musician. It's, <laughs> totally. It gives you the identity. But well, uh, no, I, I mean, I mean did theory, did, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you had to learn, you know, really the language of music. Sure. You know, you had to break it down. Did that help in any way? Did that inform your music? I mean, it helps in, in an immense way. I mean, otherwise, I was kind of a, a train off the tracks. I was just, you know, throughout high school, that's all I was doing was, uh, you know, just playing guitar somewhat recklessly. And it yeah. was the first opportunity that I had to kind of... That and acid. <laughs> Lots of acid. That was the implication. But anyway. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it was an opportunity to kind of really focus and kind of hone in on it and, and do you know kind of go full full bore what so was it a challenge challenge at all when when you know you had like such a defiant spirit to go in and be like oh no i really have to it was an extreme challenge because yeah. much like greg and todd i didn't grow up in like you know my dad wasn't a ripping guitar player by any stretch but, yeah um, so i got he that. is now though he is yeah well he's taking it up later in life but um <laughs> so he's 91 Love um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I mean, I got there and it was, you know, I, I was surrounded by savants, basically. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kids that Why not play. be surrounded oh, by, you know, people who like, inspire you? I was a kid from the South with a with a, a seafoam green guitar going... <laughs> well, at least you had your own soundtrack every time you walked into the room. Yeah, uh, Don, I, I like, we just went backwards. Also from Long Island... Uh, your father and uncle used to play music. They were part of. First of all, first of all, the uh, amount that you know is, uh, I, I so appreciate that someone has done 
the homework to have this conversation. Well, we have yeah. a lot to talk about, so we, we like you to just get a, to the point. <laughs> so, so your father and uncle were part of their own band, the Royal Heirs. Um, yeah, my, my uncle actually played the World's Fair in 64, yeah. and um, Colonel Parker, who was Elvis's manager, called my grandfather and said, I want to sign your son. And my grandfather said, get out of here. He has to finish high school yeah. and hung up on yeah. which is nuts. That's, that's just the generational difference, well, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's the Long Island thing. That's the whole, um, you know, what you're supposed to do. If you're not bleeding, you're not working, right? And so yeah. that's yeah. real blue collar. My All of my uncles played, my dad played, and there was always music in the house. But the difference was I didn't, study records the way these guys are talking about which yeah. is uh, fascinating to me because i would just learn the song and learn it my own way i always would do it just the way i was going to do it so people would be like well you do know sympathy for the devil has this going on in this i'm like I don't, i've never heard the song i would mostly learn songs from my uncles and my dad playing them yes. and then i would learn them and then I would bring those to my band when I was 12 and be like, we're going to play this song called Honky Tonk Woman. And I had never heard the song Honky Tonk Woman. I thought my uncles wrote it, you know, because that's where I learned it from. <laughs> but you really, you really learned early on that, that you had a unique, and this is obviously what all musicians, all singers, it took me many years to find, I have my own voice. You have your own voice. You know, you, you've, yeah, and that's always the goal. The problem is, I wish then I did study, right? And I went yeah. to the high school of music and stuff. I learned, but I wish, man, the problem with what we are as musicians is like yesterday I was singing and all I was thinking to myself is, I'm a hack. <laughs> I'm the worst, I am the worst thing, but I did. And I'm singing our songs, getting ready for shows. And I'm just thinking, if anyone is listening to me right now, they would stab themselves in no. the neck. It's like, so what I did, I didn't want to learn the songs, how they, this, they, the bands did them because I couldn't really do a good job of that. So I would make everything my own. So if I were doing a song, it would always be like, if it were an album, it would be side two, song number four. Yeah. It was never the hit. Like I was Southern <laughs> Girls by Cheap Trick instead of Surrender or I Want You to Want Me. You know, like, you know, yeah. just crazy. So what, I mean, but what was that, you know, moment? I knew you, I know you were young, you were 10 years old. Why did you say, hey, I'm going to pick this up? The guitar. Well, I, got, I got grounded. It was the only thing in the room that I was allowed to touch because my parents, I loved baseball and music so much, but... I was not allowed to do anything else in the room. And I also would read a lot. And they said, nope, you're grounded, which I, would happen very frequently. And there was an old harmony, <laughs> guitar, a harmony guitar in the corner of the room that my dad had left there, I think, just wondering if there was a chance I was ever going to pick it up. And I learned to play Love Me Tender. And it began a love affair. Like, literally, the guitar was stuck to my ribs. My dad was so incredibly cool that if I were practicing and hearing the metronome, yeah he would mow the lawn for me like i wouldn't have to do the chores like he and when i was getting ready to go to college i thought i was going to go and study to be a lawyer go I, I applied to nyu and fordham and um hofstra and he said um 
they didn't, we didn't have money, but he said, I'm not paying for you to go to college because you're a musician. And, and if you, if I pay for you to go to college, you're not going to be what you really are. Yeah. And you're going to wind up unhappy one day. Yeah. So I wound up unhappy, but I was, <laughs> well, here we are. Well, I wonder because recently now you recently shared a, a letter, um, I believe on Instagram, a rejection letter from Atlantic Records that you found from 1989. And this, you know, anyone can chime in. Um, I was, by the way, I was two. I was two, two years, years old. old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than you. There so, you, um, you know, and, and, and you know, we, we all see this, right? And, and, you know, you guys are at this point and you all have stellar careers before you even got to your band so, so we always see as audience the end product we work so hard you know there's a lot of things that people don't see behind the scenes why is it important you know for any of you to also share whether it's to a fan or maybe to a green musician who's coming up that you know you're going to receive there's the importance of receiving these no's these rejections and that you keep on going Well, I can say for me, the only thing that makes anything worth, the, what makes life worth living is that you're going to die. What makes having things worth having is that they're hard. If everybody, if everybody could do it, I wouldn't even want to. So like if I, if, if I'm just not one of those people and I think that what you need to do is you need to fall down a lot and the key is to try to fall forward yes. as opposed to backwards. Yes. But, It's But always going to lead you to the next. I mean, this no is going to yeah. lead you to the next thing. Or it could just fuel it. Or the truth is, stop <laughs> and be something that's stuck in your crown. And when I met Jason Fromm, who's the one who turned who turned me down, Jason is, you know, he's responsible for Matchbox 20, Lord, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, uh, Greta Van Fleet, Twisted Sister. Like oh, he's responsible for um, what's the Tori Amos, everybody. When I met him, I wanted to punch him in the face. And I also was like, you know, and this is a hundred years later. And here he is staying in my house. You know, we were doing some other work together. Um, and then I, you just sort of, it all comes full circle. Yeah. If the, the thing is, if you stay in it long enough and you just, you maybe figure out what success actually means to you. Yeah. It doesn't have to, like we, we all have friends who have played in big stadiums And they are no happier than we are. And some of them have less money and they are more insecure. All the same things. We're all just human beings, right. except Todd. Right. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> um, very fashionable, by the way, Todd. Now, um, thank you. It's the last clean shirt that I had. It's the last one. It's <laughs> no baby smut on it. So now I, I'm actually going to. Not yet. Uh, Lawrence. You said um, everybody in Whole Damn Mess uh, has an individual skill set that you all use. You cross over, you blend it. You are not four carbon copies uh, by any stretch of the imagination. You all bring something to the table. You all push and inspire each other. Um, and that is what makes a Whole Damn Mess work. Is it not common for bandmates to bring all their, you know, skills and strengths, um, you know, t whether it's to fortify the music or their career, or are there instances where there's just like one or two bandmates pulling all the weight? Uh, for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. But I, I mean, I think, listen, every band is the sum of all of their parts. Yeah. But, uh, some of them are serving, you know, a collective vision. Some of them are serving, you know, one one guy's vision. I, I mean, I, I don't know that there's a formula one way or the other, yeah. but uh, I think what's unique here is, is that our parallels and, you know, likenesses and differences are so varied. You know, we weren't like... A, a four dudes that said let's you know get together and start a classic rock band or, yeah. you know because we love Aerosmith or we love Van Halen you know we love Zeppelin whatever um, and I, I do think that we're all approaching it from pretty uniquely different spaces yeah but at the same time they intersect and they create something unique and yeah. I think you know that's that's what makes it unique I suppose you know you know what Lawrence the thing that's funny when you say I, when I think about a band like The Who so Pete Townsend writes everything. He orchestrates what that band's going to do. Hmm. But I'll tell you what, if you rid the room of any of the other three, it wouldn't sound like that. So if Magic's you go, lost. I listened to Roger Daltrey singing The Who, and, it, and it's great. And I've only ever liked one song Roger has sung outside of The Who. So you realize that like, you don't rid the room of the chemistry and and it may not be what somebody's bringing. It's what they're making. It's what they're making you bring that becomes important. Like when you're doing something for this band, I understand more and more of what Todd is going to look for. So Todd yeah. and Greg are more vocal about what they don't like. Lawrence will make. He can make things work. He he likes. He he's like I am a little more. Where it's like, yeah, it's music. We're going to make something do, and you'll we'll do we'll figure something out those guys are a little more vocal in terms of that that doesn't work you know yeah. todd used Let's to be the steer one it a little bit out. now greg's mouth is just as big <laughs> <laughs> but, but sometimes it takes that because they'll challenge you to be a better version of yourself yes so now in terms of you know this past year and working with music just creating right in this past year one of the things you said, Don, was we whole damn mess. Stop trying to be something for everyone, and are now just trying to be everything for someone. What does music trying to be something for everyone sound like? And what was that motivating factor to just say, okay, now we're just going to narrow our, our music's focus to those who are truly and sincerely going to just accept it and receive it for what it is. Oh, there are so many ways and these guys can articulate it better. My example I always say is, I forget how to say her name. There's Carly Rae Jespin and there's Lord, and they both make music and it's and they both have had hit songs. Yeah. Carly Rae Jespin is, is chasing a song and Lord is chasing a vision. And if you chase a vision, you can have a career for the rest of your sure. life that doesn't depend on getting a song on, on the, the radio. radio. So that's my opinion. I don't know. So I guess formulaic, I guess, is is a well, certain like listen, we're not we're not esoteric. We're no, I know. <laughs> right? I mean we do formulas and and so we're still we're not any better than anyone else. Yeah. It's certainly not that. Um and by the way But it's still music that is your voice, your vision. Yeah, we're we're driving a thing that we don't do in another and another band, right, guys? I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, no, a hundred, a hundred percent. The radio here is nodding. 
Can they hear this? <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. Oh, no, I, I was just going to uh, agree with you. Uh, and yeah, I think that the one thing that any artist or band or anybody could do is get really good at, at being themselves, you know, like we're not all like, you know, shiny, unique star, uh, stars or whatever, but we all come from unique experiences, have unique situations growing up and have our own specific tastes and sets and things like that. And if you can figure out, you know, what, not just what you like, but what you like about what you like and why you like what you like about what you like. And <laughs> yeah. that's where the opinions come in of being like, well, I like, you know this band what is it about the band you know what i mean like maybe it's maybe it's just the guitar tone maybe it's just the singer maybe yeah. the, you don't like the drums at all you know what i mean so like finding those little unique things and picking them out and then you're getting really good at just being yourself you know what i mean like now i now i can bring my my specific tastes into uh into this band and yeah we're not we're not when you do that, you're not chasing a hit at all. You know what I mean? Like you're really just trying to uh, whittle down to like the, the core things that you love about music. Yeah. Inject it into your own music and uh, and make something that you really love and that you're really proud yes. of. Um, and we've said that a lot with this band too, is that we're making music for the 17 year old versions of ourselves. Like what did we love about music when you don't know shit about music. Yes. Um, I don't Which know is what hard to do after is. we've all oh become my God, cynics. It's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so hard, yeah. But, yeah, but, so but, hard. Then, but then that that is, you know, what you guys are doing is really a testament. You have to, and, and it, with purpose, and intently say, look, we, we want to recapture this moment. This is what music is really about. This is what Alice is about for us. I think so. For yeah, for us, exactly. There's there's no right way or wrong way yeah. to do it, but but for us, it, it it feels good and and makes the most sense, and we have the most fun doing it that way. Now, so now you guys did a ten song set list, uh, Aztec Theater, San Antonio, Texas. When the world was open. When when <laughs> when when it was open, right? I don't know. Anyone could answer. Maybe see Todd. After a year of loss for so many whether it's jobs or loved ones and livelihoods oh, in hindsight i mean yeah you're thinking about that's the last time you were really going to you know really provide inspiration yeah <laughs> does it you don't know it at the time you don't know no, it don't. so then yeah. in hindsight and does it weigh on you at all that you are really and you know i mean we have our family we have other things that inspire us but in that moment and I guess we'll 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 go into the to the song, but in that moment, you were really bringing people joy that they had no idea was going about to be stripped away from them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think live music was, if not the most affected, you know, kind of industry. Like it's the thing I think that so many people just really missed about being locked up. You know, live music is something that you can only get there. Like you can watch a concert on tv or whatever but it's not nearly the same as being there in person and that energy exchange between the audience and the band and um yeah that was and and the musicians themselves like we're fortunate enough the four of us have lots of we, we do a lot of studio work and production and stuff like that but we have so many friends that their livelihood um comes from being on the road and playing live music yeah. and they were you know they 
they had a really tough year. And not just them, but the venue owners and restaurant owners, and that was pretty tough. So we're we're very stoked to be getting, you know, rev yes, back excited. up, seeing and shows, Dave, talking about touring again, yes. and practicing again. And, yeah, and you stoked. got some brand spanking new music to go along with that. I'm going to yeah. shut up now. We are going to listen to. Uh, we're going to start with "Nothing in the World Feels Better," and then we'll come back and and talk about that a little bit more. Thank you guys uh, for hanging out. You guys are listening to The Junkie Jam Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is, and of course, I'm joined by a rock band, Whole Damn Mess. This is their song entitled, Nothing in the World Feels Better. Oh 
You are listening to the Junkie Jam Hour right here on Arena Free Brooklyn. And that was a whole damn mess. Nothing in the world feels better. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. How are we doing? Hello. Welcome hello, back. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Thank you so very much uh, for being gracious enough, not just with your time, um, but also sharing your music with us. Now, I love the message here. Uh, the years come and the years go by waking up to you, biding my time. All the seas change and the tides go by, saving up, saving up. I mean, you know, again, after such... Uh, an uncertain year you know hopefully we already were but hopefully now more people feel you know how important it is you know nothing in the world matters as long as we have one another we're going to get through it we can get through it together whether you are colleagues a family friends and and now that we've made it through (laughs) let's take some of this money that we've saved up and go to puerto rico whatever I know, uh, Don, you said something about when you, when you started making this record, everybody was starting to get married. They were starting to build a family together as well, you know, buying houses. And, and you specifically, I guess, posed this question, um, you know, what happens when you find yourself living your dreams? Now what? Is there anything specifically, you know, for any of you that whether it's life, your family, you know, how does that not just inspire your music, but inspires you to keep creating. I'm waiting for someone else first. <laughs> yeah, I'm always the best yapper. Go ahead, see Todd, say something, damn it. I, I literally just blanked. I'm like, what is the question again? I was like, oh, I have something <laughs> to add, and I don't. Uh, <laughs> well, I could, go ahead. I could tell you that like, there's something about that whole, I don't even know if this will answer the question, but when you just said that, like, the whole world stopping. It rem- it it does rem. It's like when a friend dies and everyone goes, you know, we got to all remember to be nicer to ourselves and each other. Or when someone has, which is so important, where there's so much mental mental illness right now, everyone is there's sure. so much depression. Sure. And there's and <clears throat> it's this thing about just being present for yourself and being present for other people. And and I think when Greg started that song, and it really has become a theme throughout this record, is the idea of embracing the mundane, embracing the everyday, the fact that like, you wake up, there's a breath there, and somehow putting that out in a way that maybe someone else will take, feels okay taking another breath, and being okay like sitting in the shit that you're in, yeah. as opposed to constantly, Look, it's good to get out of it, but every now and again, you got to sink into where you're at instead of where you want to be and figure out how to be comfortable in that. And that's the way, maybe that's the secret to not blowing your brains out. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, you know what? I'm, I'll ask Lawrence this because you said it, and, and I think this goes to what Don was just saying. And, you know, this moment, it's like really being in this moment, right? Yeah, and, and you said, uh, Lawrence, uh, in, in terms of describing the song, it could be as good as any moment you're ever going to get and it could be the last and it's knowing that and i guess this is what don was saying earlier you know death is coming <laughs> why not just be here you know sometimes we do get mired in the regrets of our past or the worry of the future so lawrence what keeps you reminded to just be present in the present i uh, i mean you either ask the wrong guy or the perfect <laughs> guy. <laughs> it's the absolute most challenging we'll go with thing the latter. that i 
I mean, I, I, I struggle with it, you know, by the second. Yeah, yeah. Literally by the second. Uh, you know, no matter how many self-help books that I read. <laughs> you know, I read um, it's, it's, uh, it's something that even, no matter how often I remind myself, it's still the most challenging thing. I mean, it's my Achilles heel, if nothing else is. So, yeah. Well, well um, if, if we were to take Lawrence this- is the, the resident worrier of the group, yeah. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Do you Very feel active, he's got an active mind? So let me ask you this, Lawrence. Do you feel with having because you all have families, you obviously have a band, which is your family as well, and you have music to create. Do you feel having others depending on you helps? to just push through whatever you're going through? I mean, on, on, in some ways it, it adds to the anger. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it makes, it, it kind of makes, you know, I, I think what's unique it's is perspective. circling it back to kind of what we all do for a living yeah. is that now this thing that at one point was an escape, so to speak, yes. now it's something that we count on and we rely yes. on and kind of have to, uh, yes. You know, it's it's so when your escape becomes then your reality, yeah. Then it, it it's kind of a whole new set of rules in a way. Wow. So I, I think that you know this is music is a you know if anything is something that you're supposed to get joy from the process and not the outcome, it would be music. But there are times also where it is outcome related. Yes, of course. And that can that can, you know, uh muddy the waters a little bit. Yes. So, just fill you with anxiety. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> it, it becomes a lot to balance, really. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and 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 that's and and that's the, so I guess the thing that that we have to remind ourselves of is like okay, we have to enjoy remember to enjoy the process of it <laughs> regardless. Sure. And it's always enjoyable. Yeah. I mean the process yeah. is always enjoyable. But you know, it, sometimes it gets complicated when you're depend. You know, you're feeding your kid is dependent upon it also. So um, I know Don, you were saying, you know, it's never been a better time. It's never been a more chaotic time than now. How do you channel chaos into joy? <clears throat> Whether that's music or I mean, any other way. That's the trick of being upright, right? I mean, like. It's funny because we're in such a pressure cooker right now. And like, you know, uh, there's so many very, very worthy things being brought to light that we, that I just can't believe as a country and as a people, we haven't thought, we haven't been embracing as strongly as we are in this moment, right? So that's everything from Black Lives Matter to uh, gender equality, all of the things that are, I mean, of the utmost of importance. And it feels like, it's new to some people and it's always sort of been there but let's also not forget when there are some people that'll say and it's usually like my parents someone will say like oh remember it used to be so much easier back then or whatever it's like no 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 it was worse back then if you were black if you were you know any minority if you were different abled so it there's never been a better time to be alive than today as bad as it is, the, the challenge is, right. to remember, is to remember that we are at our very best today. And while there's so much going Still, on that's horrible, yeah. you cannot forget the fact that it was never better than it is now. So let's figure out how to like 
we don't have a choice. If you don't get through the chaos, you're doomed in it. So like Todd has a new baby. Yes. Lawrence just uh, moved into a new place. Greg's about to move and he has this life. I have a new house, my two kids. Like you can complain all you want, but at some point, shut up and get it done. Yes. Because life is going to happen with or without you. So like figure out how to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey, celebrate what you do have, what you have accomplished. And, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, keep it moving, right? I mean, again, not just talking about this message that you have about being grateful for this moment, being grateful for life. And, and of course, with C. Todd uh, nurturing life, celebrating, you know, uh, is it Rumi Rose? Yes. You, you, little, you have done your research. Rumi Rose, born uh, March 2nd, thanks, of course, <laughs> yeah. to the gracious gift of surrogacy. I mean, yeah. how fulfilling, joyful, scary <laughs> these past three months have been for you. Um, I mean, it's it's a cliche to say it's like nothing you've ever experienced. Like all the cliches are <laughs> they're true, true. Yeah, they're just it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, I don't I don't know why somebody. I think as men, you don't get enough. Like, dude, it's fucking amazing. Like, we don't really say that. You know what? I hear that they do, though, C. Todd, in a book called Dads Know Best, which is available <laughs> oh, yeah. everywhere. Available now on Amazon. Go on. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's just been, it's, it's foolish to even say incredible or whatever. It's been amazing. And my baby in particular uh, is perfect. So that's absolutely immensely she's so like, see todd do us, yeah do us all a favor don't ruin her now yeah. um <laughs> i'm kidding of <laughs> no course promises. you're all great father's day is coming up all of you now greg you were saying how especially when this project started and this particular song was written during a pretty low time in your life you know but for some reason you said instead of being sad it was, you know, it did turn into this joyous anthem, of course, that we're all sharing and listening to now. As you say, a love letter to the struggle about being broke, being in love. Obviously, materialistically, you could have nothing, but you have all if you do have love and you have someone to share that life with. Again, it's all perspective. But you were talking about when you feel like you're at the end of your rope, it's always a, a, a fresh, it's good to have a fresh place to start. I love the sentiment. My husband and I, actually, we've been displaced for over a year now. Um, you know, we're just living artists, <laughs> uh, functioning homeless, I like to call it, finding wow. inspiration. We're still creating, you know, that's how we get by. We're acting, we're dancing, we're doing all these incredible things. Gre uh, for you, Greg, how has creating helped you through, you know, this point in your life? And, and why was it important for you to use it as a means in terms of your own finding your own fresh start oh man um well i, I guess this answer is going to reveal the fact that we're a subliminal death metal band <laughs> at, at, at some point at some point as an artist as a creator it there's no reason to do this it's the dumbest thing ever if you're trying to put clothes on your back sure. or or get a cup of coffee or, you know, not die of malnourishment. Like uh. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so dumb. And I wouldn't encourage anybody to do it. But at one point, 
you know, I just, it, you know, I admitted to myself, I was like, let me just commit like, like social suicide and just be like, what if I, you know, you know, died and came back and I was just like, this is what I had to do. You have yeah. no choice. The rug is gone. The safety net is gone. Everything is gone. And this is the only thing that matters. And you're going to die doing this. And I was like, it, I don't know, for some reason that just kind of took the pressure off. Cause I was like, well, it doesn't matter if it works cause I'm still going to do it. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't work cause I'm still going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it took that to kind of like convince myself to not like freak out every day when like you have nothing going on and you have no money and you are in debt and you have really nothing going on, not even anything to look forward to. And you're still just like plugging in your guitar. Like, why yeah. would you do that? It's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's what nothing in the world feels better is about is like, it's like, we're always like looking forward to something to celebrate yes. like oh so-and-so had a new song released great you know what i mean like like i don't know floyd mayweather just made a hundred million dollars yesterday like amazing you know what i mean like somebody got married incredible like life is all about these like tiny little pinpoints or giant pinpoints that are like this is what your life is about it's like an hour here two hours there a day here but that's bullshit. that's not what life's about at all it's about everything in between that Absolutely. Uh, and and then being stoked on the fact that like you know like yeah i had a great day yesterday but now I, i'm not having a great day today I'm back that's okay to re i'm back to reality yeah. you know what i mean back to back to real life and just realizing that since that is how you are going to spend 99.9 percent .9 of your life um that you should really like cherish that and just mm -hmm. and just live in that and and have that feel good and be okay with it because i mean there's lots and lots of stories of people rising and yes. falling but one i love paul simon and uh he was like a big influ influence on me as a songwriter early on and it's well documented that after graceland after you play for a million people in central park and then like a couple of years later, you can't sell out Jones yeah. Beach. Like he was just wanting to kill himself with depression, and you know. And I understand that. Who wouldn't? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know what it would be like to but, play in front of a million people. Yeah. But I would know what it would feel like to have something great taken away from you like that. Um, and I just kind of realized that, like, neither one of those things matter. Yeah. Playing in front of a million people doesn't matter. And play and not being able to sell it's, out. It's, it's about matter. you. You've earned that. You've not that you haven't earned it later on, but that was the moment. You know, it's it's there for you to cherish. And but but you still channel all of this frustration and you know however you're feeling into great music. I would actually like to segue because obviously for you, Greg, and for everyone out there, you know, some something big is coming and i want to actually segue that into some big something and we'll talk about that thank you so very much for being so candid greg you guys uh hang out we are still going to be joined with whole damn mess and this is i love this song some big something
I know there's some big something waiting for me. Just need a little more patience. Uh, Don, you said sometimes you have to double down on yourself and go with your gut. It's about pushing for something more. Sometimes what keeps us going is knowing that there is something around the corner. We just, you just have to, you have no choice. Keep on investing in yourself. Keep on pushing. Why do people give up on themselves though before they realize that something big is on the way? Because people are comfortable in misery. And there's and that's not an insult. It's the no. truth. There's a there's when you're in pain, people pay attention to you. And uh, so that's another way to get attention paid sure. to you, right? So I think it becomes an easy thing, and it's a, and look, you, again, you you there's a great movie called Diner. It's an old movie, and there's a scene in it where Mickey Rourke they say something like "Always dreaming, boo" or whatever his name was, and he said. Well, if you don't have dreams, you have nightmares. Uh-huh. So I think that like, I think the thing is to always sort of be figuring out how to dream. Like you're going to be dead a long time. And if you can figure out how to enjoy the, the ride that life is, I know it sounds like a self-help book we're writing, but that's the truth. It's like, 
I, I mean, every day comes with the challenges and every day there's doubt and every day, some people, if you're normal, you think you suck half the time and the other half of the time you think you're the greatest thing yeah. ever. <laughs> trying to figure out that balance is not easy. Yeah, yeah. So now I know, you know, all of this great new music is leading to a great new album. Um, what can you tell us about it? I, I mean, to me, it sounds it's, it sounds conceptual in terms of just hopeful and, you know, all the songs, even, you know, from the first song to some big something into the great unknown, all of it ties together into this theme of, you know, whatever you're searching for, you know, you just have to trust your journey. You have to be in this moment. <laughs> it obviously is about living. What do you want people to get from your new music? Oh, I mean, ho hopefully that. I mean, you know, we're not we're we, we're making it for the seventeen-year-old versions of ourselves, but we're not seventeen anymore. No, you know right? What I mean? Like we right. Have, you're we, you're we've adulting. Lived a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've lived a lot. We know, you know, <laughs> what it's like, and it's gnarly. So we need hope, and we need joy, and we need like it's not a cliche. Like, oh man, like you need that shit. You need it. Life gets gnarly. So if for, for anyone, and obviously we have listened to you, but for any of those who have not heard of Whole Damn Mess, how would you describe yourselves and your music to them? We, this is the, it's always the hardest question to answer, but like yeah. to me, it's like a bar fight you want to be in. Like one thing we haven't touched on is our live show. And like what I want people to get out of our music is to for it to elicit like wow this would be something that i would like to go see live because we just have so much fun like together yeah. you know like you've mentioned that we do have we all have separate careers and other music endeavors but like when we get together it is so freaking yeah. fun but you know you, and, you uh, say fun but you guys are really and, and and obviously it comes seamless to you now, right? Because you're all professionals and, and you're all dedicated and you love what you're doing, but you guys are, it sounds polished. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know, fun, that's, but... That's, yeah, but like, that's what yeah. 10,000 hours are for. But yeah. I'll tell you what, what the best thing about doing that is, like, all right, there's bands that we've just played with where we just did that ZZ Top Cheap Trick thing. And I'll tell you what, there wasn't a night where I didn't feel like we were as good as those bands. Now that's not to say that we have as many hits. Yeah. But pound for pound, you are. I put us on a stage with anybody. Like, and the reason why I feel like I can say that, and I say this all the time, is because I'm not just in the band. I'm a fan of the guys in the band. Yes. I'm a fan I of what. Thank you. Thank you so much, Don, and of course, Greg, C. Todd, and of course, Lawrence, the singers, songwriters, producers of Rock Band, A Whole Damn Mess. For all of you listening to find out more about A Whole Damn Mess, uh, their music, and of course, merchandise as well, you can visit www.wholedammess.com. That's W. H-O-L-E-D-A-M-N-M-E-S-S dot com. Uh, you can also find them on YouTube at Whole Damn Mess, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Whole Damn Mess. For everything we do here, you can find out about us at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. And of course, for everything I do, JunkitJam.com. Thank you.
This episode and all episodes of the Junk and Jam Hour can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play Music, and simply tell Alexa, play the Junk and Jam Hour. Thank you.